Holy shit. There were over 600 Reading Glasses supporters during the Maximum Fun Drive. So Mallory and I are doing something special as a thank you. We're doing a live streamed book club. And the best part, you guys get to vote on the book. So just go to the Facebook group and vote in the comments. Or you can email your book choice to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you aren't on Facebook like me. Voting ends on April 30th, and we will announce the pick on our social media channels on May 1st. And we will probably talk about it on this podcast as well. So you'll have a month to read the book, and we will announce the exact date of the book club as we get closer. But it will be in the first week of June at some point. We will do a live video stream and hope you will tune in to chat about that very special book that you guys pick. So please go vote, and we will see you soon. You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Priya Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we talk about the ways that you can do some good as a reader and interview author Patrick Rothfuss. But first... What are you reading, Bria? Oh, I just finished this great book, and I'm going to talk about it even though I've already finished it. It's called Six Months, Three Days, Five Others by Charlie Jane Anders. Yeah, the uh, new short story collection. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess this, some of the stories have already were released separately, and now it's a collection. It actually took a while to get it from the library. I don't know if, if it just came out. I don't, I'm not sure when it came out. It came out, out pretty recently. Um, but some of the stories were published a while ago. So it's um, I've, I've just been really busy, so a short story collection I don't normally reach for, but it seemed like a good idea, and yeah. I loved her book. So it's great. It's everything from... You know, a woman who's living in, um, uh, like, a post-apocalyptic time finds a genie in a bottle Sounds situation. Like uh, or it's, like, um, two people who can predict the future start dating each other and what happens in that situation. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, it's good. It's really good short stories. And then and, and there's, like, not a ton. Oh, I guess it's six months, three days, and five others. So there's seven stories. <laughs> like, one's called Six Months... I think, and once called Three Days. I'm not totally sure, honestly. Um, but anyway, it's fantastic. I love her writing. If you like science fiction, fantasy sort of stuff, it's pretty science fiction-y. Um, it's very, very good read. What are you reading, Mallory? I just started a book that you wanted me to read. It's a very interesting scenario because you wanted me to read this book and gave me a physical copy of it. I did? Yeah. Wow, I don't even remember that. You were like, you said I should read this, but I don't remember giving that to you. Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> brought, you brought it over. It's Wolf in White Van by John Darnell. Um, well, first of all, I love John Darnell's band. He's in a band. Mountain Goats. Yeah, called Mountain Goats. Um, but yeah, I love this book. It's weird fiction. I feel like you would like it. Um, yeah, it's great. So well, well, because I just started it. You already read it. It's about so it's about a guy, and he when he was a kid, he was injured and disfigured, and ended up creating this video game. It's not a video game. Oh. It's um, it's a game. It's, oh, it's like a text only game. Yeah, it's set in like the nineties. I think the book is set in the nineties or something like that. It's a game in which uh, you, you it's like is in the back of a magazine, and they used to have these. I mean, I never participated in them, but it's like kind of a choose your own adventure where you would send off a letter and say, I want to play the game. And they'd send you back and be like, here's the scenarios. And then you'd write back and say, this is what I choose. And then they write back and they say, this is what happened to you. And then you write back. And so it was like a letter writing thing, which is pretty cool. And so like this guy does this from home, but also the story is being told backwards because there's a whole nother thing that happened with someone who was playing his game. Um, which I don't want to get too into, but like there's a, like something happened to them. And so, yeah, it's a really great book. Um, his new book is great as well, but yeah, I Universal was just, Harvester. Yeah, I was really drawn 
to this book. I just found it. I could not put it down. Well, I am. You you read Priest Daddy, and now I'm reading Wolf and White Van. I'm excited for you to read it. I'm excited I had a physical copy of anything. Yeah. Well, now you don't because I have it. Okay. Well, it's, really not. <laughs> it's mine now. <laughs> no, you, I'll, I'll give it back. Okay, fair. It's okay. Uh, so we're going to take a moment to answer a recommendation request from Dana Vortkop-Tong, which has, is the greatest name I think we've ever heard on the show. Fantastic. So Dana says, I'm new to the graphic novel game, having really enjoyed Mouse and Phonogram. I just started Saga, though I'd like some shorter commitments lined up, trying to avoid all DC Marvel type franchises. Bria, what should Dana read? Okay. Um, so I, I I know she wants something limited, some shorter commitments, but this is just one book. It's just like all the comics are put into one book. And so it feels big. But once you're done, you're like done. That's the whole bit. And that's um, Black Hole. Did you read Black Hole? I did. I loved it. It's by Charles Burns. By, by yeah, by by Charles Burns. It's um, it's a it's beautiful. It's all black and white. Super weird. Very strange book, and it's about a, a basically a town where a plague hits, and all the teenagers end up uh, with weird deformities because it's a sexually because there's a sexually transmitted thing. sort of disease that goes through. I guess it's not a plague. It's a sexually STD situation. Um, and so, like, you get it, and you may end up with a tail, or I get it, and I may end up with, like, a talking mouth coming out of the side of my head or something like that. So it's, like, everyone's different. And, like, you know, if you have it, then you're embarrassed about having this STD that makes you weird. I think that's an awesome book. If you're just looking for something a little less daunting but very fun, check out the first or a couple of trades of um, – Paper Girls, Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah, it, Paper Girls. It's got girls, it's got bikes, it's got sci-fi, it's got futures. It's incredible. It's basically Stranger Things, but with girls. And I think that's a wonderful if you're just trying to like dive into an interesting, cool comic book series. What about you, Mallory? Uh, so, yes, Dana, I get your issue with wanting something low commitment. Uh, I also get really intimidated by long comic book series because uh, they're wicked long. And, uh, yeah, for sure. You know, it feels like there's just so much. I, I know part of the reason why I don't like superhero books is because I feel like, oh, cool. Spider-Man, there's about 50 million episodes or issues of Spider-Man. And yeah. I'm never going to read all this and I'm never going to know all the things. So my recommendation for this is a graphic novel called Nimona by Noelle Stevenson. Uh, mm. She's the writer. She used to write on Lumberjane. She was, oh, yeah written a bunch of stuff she's fantastic and it's only there's only one book and it's fucking incredible it's directed at ya but i actually know more adults who've read nimona than kids uh, and it's about a girl and she's a shape shapeshifter and she wants to be a sidekick for the realm's biggest villain and it is so hilarious and so wonderful and it's gonna just it's just like makes you happy it's weird i've never read it oh you should read nimona you would love it i know yeah yeah so you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank Danielle, who runs our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. And Reading Glasses is pleased to offer interactive transcripts of the show through Greta. Go to G-R-E-T-T-A dot com slash reading underscore glasses to read and turn your favorite Reading Glasses moments into clips that you can share out on social media. Before we talk about doing some bookish good for the world, we're going to take a quick break. This episode of Reading Glasses is supported in part by Care.com, the easy and reliable way to find care for everyone in the family when and where you need it. Care.com is the world's largest digital marketplace for finding and managing family care. At Care.com, you can find care for everyone in the family, whether you need childcare while you're at work or need to line up a sitter for a special kid-free date night, aka going to the bookstore, Care.com is there for you. You can also find housekeepers, dog walkers, tutors, errand runners, and senior care. To save 30% off a Care.com premium membership, visit Care.com slash glasses when you subscribe. That's Care.com slash glasses for 30% off a premium membership. 
Are you tired of trying to keep up with the news cycle? Is bad stuff happening too fast for you to process? Don't you wish there was an easy way to find out about only the most important info you need? Hi, we're Lisa. And Emily. (laughs) Why don't you try our podcast, Baby Geniuses? On each episode of our podcast, we discuss a weird Wikipedia page such as Flatulence Humor, Clamato, Catalan Witches, Slippy the Microsoft Office Helper, Death During Consensual Sex, and The Talking Mongoose. We ask each other stupid questions. Uh, if you <laughs> if you got a packet with like 300 seeds in it, what kind of plant would you choose the seeds to be? <laughs> <laughs> that felt like you were assigned to ask me a question and there were certain words you weren't allowed to use we talk about martha stewart her pony and other celebrity horse news ben chunch every other week on maximum fun baby geniuses This week, it's time to do some good. We've talked on the show before about how readers have higher levels of empathy, and which is why readers are amazing. So why not use those superpowers to do some bookish good for the world? It's nice to donate your books to the local free library, but you can make those books go even further. And we're talking, I mean, I guess all, like literally, but also sort of, you know, philosophically. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you about some ways that you can help out your fellow readers. So we're about to talk about uh, all the ways that you can participate in your community. But the question is, Why the fuck would I do that when I can sit at home and watch Jessica Jones or, you know, maybe listen to this podcast or maybe even better, read a book? So when you participate in your community, whether that's locally or a community that you identify with online, like the bookish community, great things happen for you and everybody involved. First, you get your opinion heard and we all have a lot of opinions. But if you aren't participating... You know what I always say about opinions? That everyone, we all have one, they all smell. No, opinions are about like buttholes. Everyone has two. Uh, That's not what I say. (laughs) That can't be what I say. Something like that. Keep going. (laughs) So, but if you aren't participating, it's hard to complain. It's like it's like not voting, right? You can't be grumpy at the bookish like the bookish community if you're not participating. Yeah, it's important if you want to get your voice heard. You can look. You can tell your cat or your partner or your neighbor. I guess your neighbor will be participating. Everything, but they probably don't give a shit about what your thoughts are on. uh, uh, exclusionary reading, so you may so you may as well actually get your thoughts heard. So participating is important because you got thoughts, folks want to hear them. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, it's good to be around people with different perspectives. So we're talking about like if you're going out and volunteering in your community, I think that that's that is a really important thing to do. I personally hang out with a lot of teenage girls at the place that I volunteer, and man, they care about things I know nothing about, which is really weird, but also it really broadens my perspectives. So participating in your local community can be really good for you because it gives you different points of view. Why else should you volunteer or participate in your community? It's good for you. Oh. Studies have shown that people who volunteer feel more socially connected and helps fight depression and loneliness. Maybe that's obvious, but... What isn't obvious is that a study showed that adults over 50 who volunteered regularly were less likely to develop high blood pressure. It's true. We'll even link to the article that said that. So that means that if you're a, a, an empathetic reader, you're going to become immortal. Ooh, And good you idea. could read more books. Because being, being a reader makes you live longer, too. Yeah. We're so, just basically giving you ways to 
to, live to beat that clock. Yeah, you're just gonna be the high, like the Highlander, but with books. <laughs> but you don't have to chop anybody's head off. Okay, how can people get involved in their community generally when it comes to bookish, readerly things? So first up, start local. Many local libraries thrive off of donations, and that can mean money, but it can also mean books, labor, or time. You find your local library branch and shoot them an email and see how you can help. Yeah. And that's a great place to meet people, too. If you go volunteer at your local library, you're going to meet all sorts of people that maybe you wouldn't normally meet. And the best part is is they're all going to be people who like books. Which is amazing. Look, you have something to bond over immediately. If you're a shy person and you go volunteer at your library, think about it. You guys can already talk about the one thing you know how to talk about because you're listening to this podcast, so I assume you know how to talk about it. Or you can just sit side by side and read. Ooh. Perfect shy person thing. Together forever. Yeah. (laughs) Instant besties. And speaking of local, there's another public institution that always needs books, and that's prisons. Books are so, so important for people who are incarcerated, and... They are not just a hobby. Reading actually can be essential, an essential part of education and rehabilitation for prisoners. And the ty- type of book you can send varies from state to state. So you can check prisonbookprogram.org. We will, of course, link this in the show notes, which we always do, to see what you can send there. Um, I personally volunteered at a Books for Prisoners program in Austin called Inside Books Project. It was amazing. And they always needed books. Always, always. Like, they would get tons of books every week, and they, we still needed more. And um, one interesting tidbit I found is that a lot of prisoners would write back, and they would request specific kinds of books. And the ones they requested most were dictionaries and westerns. Hmm. which is fascinating. But I think all kinds of books can be helpful. Like if you have law books, if you have books like any sort of educational books, like these are people are in there trying to do something. And if they're looking, they're, they want re- to be re- rehabilitated if they're involved with one of these pr- books for prisoners programs. So like any sort of book could be helpful. Oh, absolutely. And that doesn't just include adult prisoners. If you've got lots of YA you'd like to somewhere send somewhere to do some good, check out literacyforincarceratedteens.org. Again, link in the show notes to send books to to teens that are in there. Oh, that's great. So I recently found out that most prisons accept advanced review copies of books for prisoners to read. And I've always got piles and piles of them around my house and I can't sell them. And, you know, they just eventually they'll just take over my home and I will live in a in a book hovel. So I started sending them to prisoners. I send mine to the Women's Book Project. That's kind of like the literary um, name drop is you're like, I have a ton of advanced review copies sitting hey. around my house. That's the uh, no big deal. <laughs> That's like, and I knew Brad Pitt when before he was famous. <laughs> is Brad Pitt something that people talk about? Was when What did he do before he was famous? I just imagine that he just like burst out of the forehead of some Hollywood executive like Athena <laughs> from Zeus. I don't know. He did... Mm. Thelma and Louise. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, th- I just have seen an old headshot of Brad Pitt when he first started, and I remember thinking, that's weird that someone has that. Someone had it somewhere. Before he, like, not before he started. I guess he had started, but he wasn't like Brad Pitt yet. Huh. This seems important. Anyway. Yep. So, Bria, what about people who can't read? So, one in five people in the world actually can't read or write, and the World Literacy Foundation is a great charity that helps young people by empowering them with literacy. Uh, there are all kinds of ways to volunteer for them. You want to send books to children, that is a great way to do it. You can send books uh, through First Book, which is an organization that's helped millions of children and educators. Room to Read, that's a similar organization that focuses on girls' literacy, since two-thirds of those illiterate people around the world are women and girls. 
Um, I actually also know a few actors who donate their time reading books for books on tape for these kinds of organizations and also reading out loud for college students who read slower due to dyslexia or other reading issues. So if you have time to spend and you're good at talking on a microphone and you don't already volunteer at a dog shelter all the time like some people in this room. Actually, I wouldn't say I'm good at talking on a microphone. I just do talk on a microphone. See, I just messed up the word. I literally messed up the word like microphone. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> anyway, this is a great way to volunteer. Um, and uh, I there's lots of organizations that uh, provide this, especially if you live in a bigger city. You go in, you do a little bit of training, and then you go and you read stuff for people that need that need reading done, which is amazing. Yeah, and guys, are you ready to get your minds blown? You can do good by buying books. So you get books and can do good things. It's amazing. <laughs> so there's a pl- place called there's a press called Concord Free Press, and they publish books, but they give them away for free. So when you request a book, they ask that you make a donation to an organization or a person in need, like for I mean, you for basically whatever amount you want, but you know you could just do it as like the normal cost of a book, you know, ten bucks, twelve bucks, whatever, and and then they ask you to pass that book along to someone else. So a friend of the show, Paul Tremblay, did uh, one. There's a book that they conquered Free Press just published called Another Way to Fall. And it's two novellas by horror authors Brian Emerson and Paul Tremblay. And you can just request it and they'll send it to you for free. And you can send, and you can donate money to uh, a charity of your choice and and pass the book on to somebody else. It's amazing. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of little ways, too. Like, if you have books that you don't want anymore, take them to your your library. Take them to your little free library that might be in your neighborhood like there's all sorts of great ways that you can contribute I was actually just thinking about um when we gosh we've been doing this for a while but um when we first started one of your friends started a program where she gave out the hate you give Mm -hmm. to um a couple of students just like at her and at like the high school level because she thought it was an important book and like that's such an amazing thing to just do and she just was like if you want to contribute to this pay for one copy of the hate you give and I'll make sure it goes to a high schooler which is rad or maybe junior high school or either one yeah doesn't matter that's the thing guys like again we're all like readers are the best people in the world we're obviously <laughs> very biased about that but we're we're empathetic we're trying to do good and there's so many ways to do that if i was gonna rate readers i'd go readers mother Teresa, nuns kittens kittens and then but definitely readers the very very top what top of the pyramid the good pyramid a nun that reads uh, but do you not just read the Bible all the time? I feel like I've seen Sister Act. I know that nuns can get down for some fun. No, that but she wasn't a real nun. She was hiding from the mafia. I know, but the other nuns had fun. Only because she forced them to. Oh. She came in like Should a- we go make nuns read? <laughs> Should that be our thing? The whole thing is that she came in and she like really broke them apart, like made they got them out of their shells and Should made we go them read sing to some nuns? Christian songs, but that were hip. What? Should we go read to nuns? Um, I feel like the things we read nuns wouldn't like. Oh, my God. I also recently started following um, a Instagram that is just children reading to dogs and those kind of programs. Actually, that's an organi- at the place I volunteer. Pasadena Humane Society has a program for that, too. But if you want to look at cute things, children reading to dogs, give me that any day of the week. I mean, that doesn't do a lot of good except for your heart <laughs> it does good for your heart guys uh, so children are like kind of learning to read but you can okay, you then. can volunteer for an organization like that and not that you're the child you're the adult helping so you can send your thoughts on readers doing good to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com and before we talk to patrick rothfuss who's an author and but he also is the founder of world builders which is a charity that depends on the power of readers we're going to take a quick break
Shirts, stickers, patches, posters, tote bags, aprons. Sure, you might have some of these things already, but do they rep your favorite MaxFun shows? We've got brand new items in stock at MaxFunStore.com. So why not stock up on gear that shows off the podcasts you love? MaxFunStore.com. It's good stuff. We swear. So here we are with author, philanthropist, and international man of mystery, Patrick Rothfuss. Pat, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Pat, what are you reading? Uh, right now, it's a little embarrassing, actually, because I'm late to the game. I'm reading uh, the second book in N.K. Jemison's um, – has it called the Stone Sky Trilogy? The uh, I think it's the Broken Earth uh, Trilogy. The Broken Earth Trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I've, – I've had the books for ages and of course everyone knows they're great and I know Nora is great um, and I know her personally and she won the Hugo for the first two. But I just – I haven't gotten to them yet and uh, and so now I'm, I'm almost all the way through the second one and just digging it the most. So this episode is all about readers doing good. You want to tell us a little bit about your charity, World Builders? Um, let me think here. Uh, it's a charity where <laughs> I'm kind of bad at uh, at summary uh, or, or at pitching, but I guess I'd say it's a charity where uh, that I accidentally started on my blog about ten years ago. And it's grown into something where we've raised about $8 million uh, over the years to make the world a better place. We try to kind of rally the geek community um, to effect lasting change in the world. And everybody's been really cool in supporting it over the years. This year is going to be a big year for us. It's our 10th anniversary and uh, we've got some cool stuff planned. So how does World Builders work? What do you guys, what, what does World Builders do for the world? Well, we are what is referred to as a pass-through charity, um, which means we raise money and then give the money to other charities. And in some ways that might seem not very efficient because like, why wouldn't you just go donate your money to another charity directly? Uh, but the reason that I think that there's a, a real important place for this in this day and age is especially among the geek community. Geeks want to do things the best way, you know, like you want to, um, you, you, we, we, we strive for, if not perfection, then like optimization. And so, also, I think that geeks tend to be kind of large-hearted individuals, and so a lot of them tend to be you know, financially well-off, and then they think, I want to do some charity. And then you go out and you discover that there is a billion T charities. And because you're not an idiot, you also realize that many of them are outright scams that make money for nobody but lawyers. And even the ones that aren't scams, like – Maybe the charity is just kind of shitty. Um, I don't oh, no. know if you've ever run into that. I have. 
um, you know, and I don't want to throw stones, but like some really significant big charities, like if you were going to name 10 charities, you know, I, I bet you the ones that I'm thinking of would like three of them would be on your top 10 list. They really have been fucking things up lately or ultimately the amount of money that they put towards doing good is not a big part of their pie chart you know um we think of our pie chart an awful lot where you know you want of the of the hundred percent of your pie you want a huge piece of it to go towards doing good in the world and only a tiny piece towards like keeping the lights on and paying salaries and doing stuff like that. But uh, so if you're a geek again and you want things to – you want to do real good in the world and you don't want to be taken by a scam and you don't want to back a charity that maybe is kind of lousy, you start doing the research and then you end up with option paralysis because again, a billion T charities – Whereas world builders, one of the things that we provide is we only back charities that are like absolute A plus charities. Um, we do all the homework. We do the deep dive. We go all the way down the rabbit hole. So if you give money to us, you know that we're not going to, <laughs> you know, we're not going to shit it into a <laughs> hole somewhere, and we're not going to like. You know, we're also not going to like put it in a big pile and roll around in it and laugh maniacally. <laughs> um, the other, the other thing is, we're um, for what our big end of year event, which is sort of we build up to it all year and uh, and it happens around the holidays. Um, we offer a lot of donation incentives where uh, people like publishers and authors and game designers and comic books, they donate stuff to us. And so if you donate money to world builders, we pass 100% of that on to the charities and, you know, charities like mercy Corps, uh, which help, uh, you know, build infrastructure, uh, in, in places all over the world when there's disasters, um, or Heifer International, which is our really the main horse that we back, or uh, First Book, which is a charity here in the U.S., which uh, works towards sometimes getting like a child their very first book that they have ever owned for themselves, uh, which is a good thing. But just saying that makes me want to just fucking burst into tears the thought that there are children out there who have never had a book in their houses that is theirs. Um, we work with those charities, but if you donate $10 to us, then you get a chance to win like from among like thousands of like signed books or rare books or cool games or, you know, a cabin for two on the Joko cruise or, um, a beautiful gaming table from Wormwood Games. Uh, all these places donate these things to us. And then, you know, really you're, you want to make the world a better place, but we can add a little like sauce there, like a little extra incentive. You can make the world a better place and maybe you win something cool. So uh, that's our end of year fundraiser. We also do events throughout the year. Like we'll, we'll have gaming nights at conventions where you get to come and, 
you know, play games with people that like authors or game designers or geek celebrities. Uh, we do a mid-season fundraiser called Geeks Doing Good. That's a big Indiegogo where you can buy um, like different weird, cool merch based on my books and other people's stuff. And we have a, a big online store that's currently called the Tinker's Packs, but we're kind of rebranding it to be more universal and associated with world builders itself, where like we sell a bunch of merchandise for other authors and my merchandise and t-shirt from like, uh, I don't know. Do you read uh, bitch planet by any chance? Yes, I do. Kind of figured you might, uh, like <laughs> we do, we do their merch, you know, for, uh, you know, for bitch planet, for sex criminals, um, for Kevin Hearn's Druid Chronicles, we've done some T-shirts with Jim Butcher, um, you know, just a bunch of other people. It's not just – it used to be just my merch, but I'm really glad that we've managed to reach out to the larger community and now there's just a bunch of bunch of cool stuff there. Awesome. So what do listeners – people – like everyone listening to the show right now, what can they do to donate to World Builders, to help out World Builders? What's the best way for listeners to get involved? It's an interesting question. You know, if you are a bookish sort um, and your ears perked up at any of those you know, collaborations that I mentioned, right now you could like wander over to the store and look around – and and take a peek at some stuff and if you buy some stuff um the the money that you spend there a chunk of it goes to the creators because we want to uh build good uh you know we want to provide authors and creators with alternate revenue streams because a lot of authors are really struggling um in this day and age to make ends meet but all of the profit then that that world builders makes goes towards charity. So you could go buy some cool geekery, some cool stuff there. Um, alternately, you could go sign up for the world builders newsletter. And I think like no more than once a month, they'll send out a newsletter and they'll say, hey, we just put some new things in the store. Or, hey, we're doing geeks doing good is launching that that big Indiegogo I mentioned um, you know, that only lasts for a week. And if you're on our mailing list, you'll get a heads up about that and be able to come in and like maybe back it and get some stuff you would never have access to otherwise. But, um, but if you're not on that mailing list, you would never know, uh, when we don't, we, we're not going to bombard you on this mailing list, right? It's, it's, <laughs> we're cool. You know, just trust us there. Um, um, otherwise you could just go wander around the world builders website a little bit, uh, and see what we're all about there. Awesome. So Pat, do you have any book quirks that you want to share with our listeners? Is there something that we always like to ask our guests? If I drop a book, I will say, ow. Oh no, that's adorable. <laughs> yeah. I noticed myself. I did it once. I, you know, I, I, you know, I grew up and I had my allowance and what I, the only real thing I spent my money on is, well, tokens for Aladdin's castle, which was an arcade in the mall. And, (laughs) 
you know, and Walden books, you know, two, two things that do not exist anymore, arcades in malls, uh, and, and Walden books. But I would go in and I would buy these books and they were so precious to me. I know some people like dog ear their pages or like, I can, I can read, I used to read a book three or four times. And it's like, you could never tell. I would not crack the spine. Um, uh, I, I tend to be very uh, loving and delicate with my books. Um, it's a little different now because I travel and they ride in my backpack. Um, and I don't, I don't judge, you know, like, like I know there are people who live their lives in different ways, but, uh, and and my little boy, honestly, he's he fucking dog ears his pages, and it drives me nuts. <laughs> he doesn't have the reverence. He doesn't have the reverence for the books that I did, because like you know he doesn't have an allowance, and he's only eight, and he he does not buy his books. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I you know books are a little a little bit holy for me. This, this artifact, and so yeah, I have dropped books. And I flinch and like, and I have said like, ow, you know, like, like, oh no, I react like similar to the way I would react if I had just dropped a puppy or a baby. We, uh, we totally support that uh, viewpoint here on Reading Glasses. We feel the same way. So Pat, where can we find you online? More places than is entirely healthy for me. I am on, on the tweets. Although, for the love of God, don't join Twitter to follow me. Just stay away from Twitter. It's the fucking cesspit. Um, I'm on Facebook, and Facebook is less of a cesspit but more evil. Don't don't join me there. I'm actually considering just deleting that account. Um, if you want a substantive experience and you want to find me saying meaningful things, uh, my website. You know, it, it's very – it's it's – it's it's needed to be renovated for about 10 years um and we're on the cusp of actually pulling the trigger and um you know and and launching the new website um but you know i i write in my blog there and i share stories about my kids or i talk about publishing or translation or i just tell a story out of my life um or and i throw up a heads up like if i do a kickstarter or you know, I talk about the charity when the fundraiser is going on or stuff like that. Really, the website, the website is the big, uh, the, the big place. It's just, you know, Google Pat Rothfuss and my website or my blog will come up. Awesome. Pat, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much. Uh, sorry to combine um, all of the power of caffeine and uh, my Midwestern speech patterns, which make me talk very slow and uh, make me very slow to get to the point. Uh, it kind of, kind of makes me me wordy in all the worst ways. Uh, oh no, this was fantastic. <laughs> now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Uh, there was no name attached to this email, so this person wrote in: I haven't read the last book my grandfather bought me before he died in the early two thousands. It's part of a series I love, and I haven't read any in that series since. At first, I didn't realize I was doing it, but now I feel weird picking up that book and reading it. I have bought a few of the later books in the series, but haven't read them either. Any suggestions on how to get over whatever is keeping me from reading this book? What do you think, Mallory? So 
my whole thing with this email is that the fir- if if you think that enough time has passed since your grandfather died that you can think about him without being too upset, like if you're going to pick up this book and you're actually crying, you're like you're feeling bad about it, keep, like let it go for a while. Don't think about it. But if you're if you're at the point in your grieving cycle where you can actually think about him and and pick up this book and be curious about it, I think you should finish that series. I think he'd want you to. I think it's an amazing way to remember him in a happy way. Instead of thinking that this is the last gifted book that you'll get to read from him, think of it as a permanent way to connect with him. For the rest of your life, you'll be able to read those books and feel close to him. And you're measuring this on, uh, like, how teary-eyed you get when you pick up the book? Yeah, I mean, like... Look, if, if you're at a 10-level snot snot rocket yeah. situation, then don't read that book. Yeah, if you can't... if Like, every time you pick up the book you're getting sad and you're going to, I mean, eventually your the book's just going to be soaked in tears and you won't be able to read it anyway. <laughs> I have books that are like that. Oh, well, I don't, you know, my grandfather has, is still with me, but right. Right. But, but the books are so sad. That books they're, are very, they're tear stained. They're, they're literal all, tear stained, all, uh, tear damaged. You know, when, uh, when pages get all wet, yeah, they never really recover. No, they're all floppy. Yeah, I got some floppy books. Bria, what, what do you think she should, what do you think this person should do? Man, this question made me so sad. I had a lot of trouble with it. Um, I mean, I, I'm agreeing with you. Like, if you if you feel ready, I think it's time to go for it. If you never feel ready, I actually think that's fine. Yeah. I don't think you ever have to feel ready. If you just want to keep that book with you because it reminds you of him, I think that's a good reason to carry that book around with you because we all love books. That's why we're listening to this podcast. But books are good for things. They are not necessarily just for reading. Sometimes they are sentimental objects. I don't know. I don't think that you necessarily need to feel compelled to read it. You know, I don't think that this person needs to feel, don't feel guilt. It shouldn't make you feel guilty. Exactly. But if you want to carry it around because it reminds you of him, that's great. Like, keep that book around. I don't, I don't think you need to feel compelled to read it anytime soon. I think this person needs to do what makes them feel healthy and mentally healthy and cared for, regardless of whether or not the book gets read. That's not the important thing in this situation. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But, I mean, I do think what you said is good, that if he, you know, if it reminds this person of their grandfather, you know, it, your grandfather probably gave it to you because he wanted you to read it, and so you can think of it in that way as well. And just because you read it doesn't mean your relationship with him is gone. You yeah. know, I think that that's the fear, right? That you read it, you open it up, and you get to that last page, and oh no, you don't have anything else. But the amazing thing about books is you can read them over again. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's and, magic. And I think remembering that is good. Yeah. So if you want us to solve your reader problem, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast, on Litzy at readingglasses. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening. And, and thanks, thanks for reading. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Listener supported